Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Pit Football Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Biggies quarterback Bill Stahl and Jerry DePaula of the Tribune Review. Guys, big, big turnaround, big week this week, um, tomorrow for the Pitt football team as they take on North Carolina at home on ESPN, 7.30 primetime game. I mean, it seems like there has been a lot of these games over the years with North Carolina, and uh, they've been close, or Pitt has been on the other side of them. To me, it feels like that North Carolina usually uh, has Pitt's number. So regardless of the standings regardless of the records pit is seven and two north carolina is five and four um this is going to be a great football game it, i mean it really is it's going to come down to the wire you have two really good quarterbacks um that are going against each other obviously kenny pickett uh you know still being talked about with the heisman still in that race a little bit and sam howe that's on the other side and has had a, a fantastic year i'm going to pull up some stats right now from uh from how i mean 2,400 yards passing, um, and he has 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions. This is the stat that stuck out to me, guys. He has 135 rushing attempts for 689 yards. Now, Jerry, I, you know, I, I didn't realize Sam Howe was that much of a rushing threat, but it's, I mean, he's, you know, a couple more, a uh, couple more games, a couple more uh, long, uh, long runs. He might be approaching a thousand yards rushing too. Yeah, he is very athletic quarterback, and he has been for I think it's his third year as a starter at North Carolina, and, and Pitt knows him. You know, from 2019, they didn't play last year because of the COVID schedule. But one thing about North Carolina that I find interesting is that he has a lot of rushing attempts. I bet you a lot of those attempts are from scrambling because their offensive line isn't very good, and he has to, he's been sacked a bunch of times. And Pitt has one of the best pass rushers in the AC pass rushers in the ACC. And they'll put a lot of pressure on them. Uh, again, I look for Habakkuk Baldonado to have a big game uh, against North Carolina tomorrow night. I, I expect Pitt to win this game. Uh, for that, one of the, that's one reason because they can put him pressure on a, on, a, on a good quarterback and maybe neutralize him a little bit. But also Kenny Pickett. I mean, Kenny Pickett. This is, could be, you know, his, his coming out party. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Heisman. I think he's still one of the four or five contenders, you know, to be invited uh, to the Heisman ceremonies in December. Uh, with all the yardage he's thrown and, and Pitt leads the nation in touchdowns, 53 touchdowns in nine games. That's a, pretty crazy. Uh, so, so I really think that Pitt will win this game. It's going to be close because Howe will find a way, you know, to score 30 or 35 points against that Pitt defense. That secondary has been struggling lately. Uh, but I, I think Pickett in the end will pull it out. Bill, there's supposed to be over 30 plus uh, scouts that are going to be attending the game. I mean, a couple GMs. I know Kevin Colbert will be there. Um, yeah, I, I if you're one of these quarterbacks, you are, do you feel the pressure? I mean, they obviously know that these scouts will be in attendance and, um, you know, a lot of high level GMs and, and execs in the NFL will be at this game. Do you feel any pressure if you're one of the quarterbacks that are on these teams? I, I think for Kenny, his his veteran moxie at, at this point in time, for lack of better words, uh, I, I think is he he's had that. You know, people have been people have had their eye on him. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of uh, those 
uh, managers, executives, all, all those people, the scouts, they've been there. I, I don't think it's going to affect him at all. Uh, I think Howell has bigger things to worry about <laughs> uh, that that Jerry brought up about that, that, that defensive line. So I I think it's going to be more of a, of a positive type of thing for those quarterbacks to say, hey, it's time to ball out. And if I do, there's some very important people watching and – it's 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 a great opportunity for them to solidify things going into you know the tail end of the season. But if if I could also uh, when, when when you brought up that stat, Dorn, the first thing that came to me was kind of what what Jerry was was thinking of the you know the offensive line not being very good. But you know, guys, if for our listeners, if you think about it, if the quarterback is running a plan run, you pick up an extra blocker. You know what I mean? So that that's I think that's North Carolina doing some looking in the mirror, saying, "Hey guys, we're not very good. We have a very athletic quarterback who hasn't really used that tool that that he has, and they're kind of I think figuring things out that they could use that to their benefit by getting an extra blocker." Jerry, I, I love matchups in games, uh, in, in any sport. Uh, I love the matchup. I love the LeBrons against the Steph Currys, you know, I mean, the Cindy Crosby's against Alex Ovechkin, uh, Ovechkin's, uh, the Kenny Pickett against the Sam House. But there's another big matchup, I believe, that we should be paying attention to in this game. Pat Narduzzi and Mac Brown, you know, two head coaches that uh, Mac Brown has a great track record coaching at Texas. Uh, trying to do his thing here in North Carolina and trying to get recruits has done a good job. And Pat Narduzzi is on the verge of having one of the best seasons in a while here at Pitt. Um, that coaching matchup, how do you see that going tomorrow night? How do you see uh, either one of those guys coming out successful? Well, talk about pressure. You, you mentioned the pressure that might be on Pickett and Howe because of the scouts in attendance. Pressure might be on, on Pat Narduzzi a little bit. Uh, you know, he, he has a contract through 2024, and Pitt fans are, are, are eager or anxious maybe to see this team take that next step, to crash through that glass ceiling and actually become a real a relevant uh, national championship contender. Now, they're not going to do that this year with two losses, uh, but this is a game that Pitt needs to win to show people that Pitt, Pitt is for real and to show, uh, and show that Pat Narduzzi has a real, real good program going here. Uh, seven and seven and two is nice. Uh, eight and two is much better, but seven and three is going to be just another pit season with at least three losses since 1981. They've lost at least three games every year since 1981. They got to step, step beyond that. And I think the pressure's on Pat Narduzzi as, as much as anybody. And he's going up against a very good coach, Mac Braun, who's been around a while, won a national championship at Texas. Um, he's been in North Carolina before he knows the, the, the lay of the land. He's done a pretty good job with that program. And they're coming off a huge win last week against Wake Forest. So they were done 45-27, I believe, in the third quarter. They ended up winning at 58-55. So I really think that, you know, Mac Brown is, you know, (laughs) doesn't have as much to lose as Pat Narduzzi because he's already had a great career. I think that Narduzzi wins this game and wins a couple more this season. He can go on to be, you know, one of the greatest coaches in pit history. Uh, one of the greatest coaches in ACC history, if he can just continue to keep winning this year and keep that program rolling. So the pressure's on him, I believe. You know, he won't say that, but the pressure is on him. He won't, he won't even acknowledge it. It may not even be in his head, but he better win. Well, I, I feel pressure all the time every single weekend because I love to bet and I love to put my props in. I love betting teams. And bet online remains 
your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Now, guys, well, I just talked about matchups, and there's a crazy matchup going on. I know this is a little bit off, off topic, but, you know, to talk about betting, there's a, a, a boxing match going on December 18th in Tampa Bay, and it's Frank Gore, the former NFL running back, and former NBA guard, Deron Williams. They are boxing in the Jake Paul versus Tommy Tommy Fury uh, Showtime pay per view event, and I mean, that's kind of insane. You know, this this whole boxing thing is going uh, it's going to a point where just everybody's trying to get on the bandwagon of uh, being that celebrity boxer and trying to do their thing. How wild is that? Frank Gore is going to be boxing a former NBA player. Uh, this is all just uh, a hustle for exchanging money and people's pockets i mean it yes it's it's for fame not necessarily for fame but like for entertainment and the entertainment aspect hell who wouldn't want to watch something like that now i mean yeah. millions and millions of people are going to watch it but is it going to be an actual fight <laughs> like is it no, going to be an actual <laughs> boxing match i mean frank gore's a still a freaking he's an old man but he's he's a beast yeah. He don't look like an old man. If he connects, I don't care. No NBA player. We already saw what happened. If do we need to re, re you know rehash what yeah. happened to my my man with with all the memes and all that stuff? Uh, but I mean, it is Gerard, it, it is it is a, it's a weird situation. But you know that's the that's the norm now. Um, it's and making a crap ton of money. It's making a lot of money, and you know what? I and and reading that 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 bet online, our uh, you know presenting sponsor here for the show. I'm gonna bet on that. I'm probably gonna bet Frank Gore to win whenever that fight comes out, December 18th. Jerry, we're gonna head into DePaul's debriefs. Um, you were down we there. Do that. I want to know when Dorn is jumping back in the ring. Oh man, I'd have to get in shape. I would love to. I would. I would love for somebody to challenge me because whenever I have like have a big task or a big challenge that has to do with like physical activity, I get in the best shape possible. And that's the only way, like, I believe that I can stay in shape. Like right now, it's just like, you know, I'll mess around on a Peloton. I won't do anything uh, and I'll eat whatever. But if I had a challenge or a task to achieve in like say three months, I'd work out like three times a day and get in the best shape. So I wish somebody would challenge me into something, to be honest. Who, who would you want to challenge you, Wani? Yeah, Wani, uh, Scott McKillop. There you go, yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'd pay for that. <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, maybe it might be in the future. All right, DePaul's debris. Uh, you, you're down at the facility this week. Short only turnaround. One only one only day. one day, right? You, you weren't allowed to act. Yeah, they weren't allowed to talk to anybody. Right. Put the players off limits uh, all week. He, he was the only voice, just like the Penn State games of uh, those four games of, of uh, 16 through 19. Uh, he doesn't want anybody to be distracted by stupid questions from guys like me. Well, what did, what did he have to say for this week in this game coming up Thursday night? Quick turnaround after being Duke, uh, you know, away game. Now you're coming back home. What did Pat Narduzzi have to say uh, to he, he the media? In, he was in a pretty good mood this week, you know, and then I usually figure if he's in a good mood, he, he figures he has a pretty good matchup uh, going here and he, and he could win this game. So he probably feels that with his offense, he can take North Carolina. Uh, but he did uh, jump one, uh, th 
throw himself on his sword a little bit. You remember what he said after the Duke game where he accused Carson Van Lynn of stealing signals. He apologized for that. He called Van Lynn uh, a, a great guy and a great kid. You know, I feel bad that I made him feel bad, he said. Um, he, I probably should have kept my mouth shut. Uh, it's funny, he said that without a, without a whole lot of, whole lot of uh, coaxing from anybody. In fact, somebody even asked him in, in the postgame interview in, in, on Saturday, uh, do you really think uh, Van Lee would steal in signals? And he doubled down and says, yeah, he was staring right at our signals. They, wait, they didn't change the signals since he's been there? He said, well, he said they did. He did he, he, they did change the signals, but then he said, I don't think he, he, they, we changed them good enough. Because uh, he sort of intimated or insinuated that the reason that Duke jumped on him a little quick, quickly there in the first first part of the game is that uh, they were getting the signals. And he said his players were, were defensive players were out on the field saying uh, they're calling out our signals. Or maybe it was his offensive players. I'm sorry. They, they were calling out our signals. So he, he thought something was up. Uh, he probably should have kept his mouth shut, but he didn't. Uh, and, uh, uh, and But he, and he apologized. So I give him credit for that. Uh, the other thing that, that we talked about this week down there was um, on Monday's news conference was how he rested some guys. Uh, Marcus Miner didn't play. I, I think Marcus Miners might be their best offensive lineman at left guard, but he had he had a little bit sore according to what Narduzzi said. He didn't he didn't go into any specifics on the injury, but I saw uh, I saw Marcus on the sideline sort of yucking up with some of his teammates during the game, so he wasn't hurt that bad that he couldn't make the trip. Like Taser Mack and Jalen Barden did not make the trip. Those guys, they could be lost for the season. Maybe they didn't play against Duke, uh, and that's a, that's a huge loss. But uh, he said, and I, th- I asked him. I said, "You want to get some of these guys off their feet?" And he mentioned, that, "Well, I'd like to do that with all positions, especially at safety. Uh, I guess in the Miami game, Eric Hallett and Brandon Hill played every single snap on defense, and by the end of the game, they were spent. And he said that was a problem in the Boston College game last year." when all, all those guys, those D-backs were playing every snap. So he's using some, some other guys in there. You said MJ Devonshire in there a little bit. Uh, even Rashad Battle was in there a little bit at safety. Um, so he, he, he knew he could beat Duke. And eventually the, the pits might, uh, you know, showed itself and they ran all over Duke. But he, he rested some players, which is good, uh, because this stretch coming up, guys, it's a huge, difficult stretch. they got to play North Carolina. In Virginia next week, you know, with Brandon Armstrong, and he has a rib injury. Who, who knows you know, what that's going to be like? They played Notre Dame this week. Then a Syracuse team, it isn't that bad up at the Carrier Dome. Uh, you know, we talked about Clemson being the big game, and uh, it was the biggest game you know, in pit history or whatever. But this game coming up against North Carolina is huge. And if they win it, the Virginia game will be even bigger than that. So there's yep. a lot of pressure and, and a lot of things going on. And he was smart Saturday against Duke to try to give those give those guys a little bit of rest because they came back the next day. They were they were practicing on the field Sunday afternoon. You guys played Thursday night. Did you always always practice on Sundays before Thursday games? Did you, did you have any where, where it was a short week like that? Doesn't happen that often. Honestly, Jerry, we we always were on the field Sunday night, no matter what. So it it may have just been you know Sunday may have been a uh, maybe a little bit longer. You know, like a base down type of day. So, you know, your first, second down base runs and passes for offensively, you know, maybe a two hour practice, you know, it, 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 it probably would have been the same length of time, but maybe, maybe uppers or maybe just helmets or something like that. You're still going to have guys flying around running, but maybe three quarter speed for some type of drills. 
what happened before in 2015 was the last time they had a short week like this. And they ended up uh, the 2015 season started out really well. Didn't end very great either. And right after that Thursday night game is when it started. It's going to be tough uh, you know, to be able to turn around and, and play a game like that. And especially being a college. See, I liked it in the NFL whenever you had that Sunday game, and then you had a Thursday game because you're basically doubling up on the plate on the, on the, game plan the week before and you like already know that what you're going to run that week you're probably going to run the same week so it's like you're almost like condensing everything into one two games into one and then every every day leading up to Thursday is a walkthrough so like I felt like I got my body back without running I wasn't running routes I was walking through everything and no helmets uh, you know on Monday Tuesday and then Wednesday you know you travel or you're going to be home so I I like the Thursday games and then you had the weekend off so um I'm not sure how it, how it is with Narduzzi and his and his crew. I mean, I don't. Do you think that they're going full pads at all this week? Do you think that they're thudding at all? I, they're probably just doing thud, you know, rather than the, than the full pads. Do you think that's necessary though? Do you think that's necessary this week? Probably with the tackling, I guess. Yeah, it's one of the things about college football these days. The tackling you watch games on TV isn't very good. Not just in, in the pit game against Miami, but a lot of games the tackling is pretty poor. And a lot of people think it's because a lot of coaches think it's because they're not getting as many days to practice in full pads in, in training camp and otherwise. So, you know, I, I think that this time of year, you know, with after nine games in the books already, these guys, you know, have some injuries. They have some soreness. Uh, you know, they probably took it easy on them this week. I would think, you know, and maybe 20 years ago would have been different, you know, but uh, the way things are today, I think coaches want to take it easy on these guys and, and get them, you know, get them. The game is what matters. The practice is important, obviously, and you got to work hard in practice, but you also can't go into practice with, uh, with, with swollen ankles and, and, uh, and, a, and a sore shoulder. You got to be ready to go. And uh, I think Narduzzi did it to ride it. And I wasn't there, obviously. We don't get to watch practice, but when I understand that they, they, they didn't do a whole lot like they might, might have normally done in a regular week. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating, Bill, uh, you could answer this question first, you know, uh, you know, going, at, I feel like whenever Pitt has gone against a decent quarterback this year, they found trouble on defense. And that's very, that's not, you know, rocket science. I'm sure any, any viewer that watches the games can figure that out. Um, and they're going against a good quarterback and Sam Howe um, tomorrow night. So does Pitt adjust even more on their defense? Do they get guys in different positions? Um yeah, some of the angles I saw uh, again in the Miami game, some of the angles and and the the overrunning from linebackers and safeties in the in the Duke game, it's kind of worrisome. And I don't know if that's being out of position or just not really focusing on your keys. If you're Pitt's defense, Bill, we'll start with you and Jerry. You can answer the same thing. Do you change even more what you're doing if you already changed a little bit last week? I I think they can't. Unfortunately, those big changes, if there were going to be any, I think needed to be done right after that Western Michigan game. And I don't know if this late in the season you can afford big schematic changes because that is going to entail the, the possibility of big mental errors. And with this type of defense, I mean – Doran, you said it yourself, like there's gash and gap type plays, you know, but these mistakes, they're the way that the defense is played when there's 
big mess ups on the defense, it's so blatant. Like they're they're huge. Like someone wide open. Well, it's because they're in man co- man coverage and someone fell down. Well, that's why they're wide open. Or if there's you know a big gash running, it's it's literally because one person was out of alignment or overran it, or you know a linebacker overran his read or, or something like that, or scraped over top too too far, or, you know what have you. You know, I I don't excuse me. I think they can't change too much as much as I would like to them to, I think it's too late for that. Uh, I think they have to literally clean up uh, the tackling. And, I mean, be con- they, they have to be consistent. And re- unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, they're, they're, they've been doing it all year and, and have been pretty successful. But they have to rely on that pressure of, of, of the defensive line. Jerry, I mean, you know, they're going to have to do something because – if they're not gap sound, if they're not playing, you know, if they're out of position, this isn't a team where you can you know, rely on your athletes to, to, to cover, to recover. I mean, Ty Chandler, the running back for, for North Carolina, almost has 1,000 yards, 884 yards, 13 touchdowns on a year. And their top wide receiver, Josh Downs, 1,014 yards and eight touchdowns on a year. So they have guys that can gas you. They have guys that can make big plays. Uh, they can't afford to be out of position, right? That's why I said bet the over in this game. I think the over the over under is set at seventy three and a half, which might which might be low. I think the, the winner of this game is probably going to have to score into the forties. And you know the way Pat Narduzzi plays defense, you know putting those uh, cornerbacks out on an island or even their safeties out on an island, it, it's going to be difficult, you know, to keep up with these guys, you know, for an entire game. Maybe they'll hold them back, you know, maybe at the end of the game when the game's on the line, uh, but uh, they're not going to hold them back all day. And, and he, he wants to play that man-to-man defense. He wants to guard against the run. They might stop Ty Chandler. And they may, they may hold him to 40 or 50 yards, which will be big. But in the meantime, Sam Howell is going to be throwing the ball over the lot. And you know, those cornerbacks better be on point. They better read their keys. And they better stay with those receivers because this is a game that can get out of hand in a hurry. But, you know, North Carolina is saying the same thing. Their defense, I believe, is not as good as Pitt's defense. Their secondary is, is probably weaker than Pitt's secondary. And, and, and their quarterback, maybe, you know, Matt Liner called him, called Kenny Pickett the best deep thrower in college football today. Uh, so North Carolina probably has more things to worry about than Pitt does, which is why I'm picking Pitt to win the game, um, but maybe not cover the six and a half points, but definitely to go over to 73 and a half total. We're going to head in 40 and five with Bill Stahl. Bill, you know, I was thinking, you know, while Jerry was, was speaking right there, uh, very eloquently, by the way, um, it, the matchup. And, I, you know, that's the, really the key word here for the show for me is the matchup. And you played against a guy in Jimmy Clausen your, our senior year. Um, he got drafted. He was, you know, highly touted guy coming out of high school, uh, really good college football quarterback. How important is it for Kenny Pickett not to make this a one-on-one matchup between him and Sam Howe. Like how important is that to, you know, being a quarterback to not make it about you and that other quarterback on the other team, but to make it about your offense against the defense? Yeah. Great, great question. Great points here, Dorn. Um, I, I, I love how you brought back up the, the Notre Dame game. Cause there, there was a lot of talk, you know, between me and Frank Signetti jr. The offensive coordinator, coordinator at the time of just, you know, getting me mentally prepared and he would just whisper these things in my ear. He'd say, okay, uh, Bill Stahl or Jimmy Clausen, who do you want on your team this week? And he just, and then he just walk away from me. 
And I'd have that to think in my mind, like, am I doing what I need to do to win this battle? Am I focusing on this or am I focused on getting our job done as far as scoring points, capitalizing on opportunities on offense? And when the defense makes a makes a turnover, are we getting six points or are we giving it back to them? So uh, to answer your question, Doran, I, I think it's it's all about pit, baby. It's all about Kenny. Kenny, keep your foot on the pedal, metal to the pedal and keep keep launching the ball keep being aggressive. I love how, how they've come out just about, I think the last three, four games running tempo first quarter, no need to huddle up right, right up on the line. Let's go. You know, uh, I, I think, I think that helps our, our defense. If, if we can get up on teams early, I think it gives them some, some confidence that, that our offense is going to be able to put up points. And if there is a shootout, we got to we we just need to get one stop, and I think if if Pitt's defense can get one or two stops, and Kenny consistently doing what he does, uh, I think we're going to be fine. Because I I'm going to put my money on Kenny not making the big mistake. I'm going to put money on potentially, you know, uh, how making that mistake because it's at Heinz Field. Uh, I mean, it's going to be packed. Uh, and I, I really believe that if Pitt is going to make something of this year, this is another opportunity to solidify that we are here. Like, this is what we're doing as far as making that next step. And all that is is winning the next game. And if they can do that, we know it's going to be highly because of Kenny is doing his thing. So it's it's all about Pitt in my in my aspect, and I believe Kenny's going to be able to to demonstrate that and make sure he stays on track. Jerry, I know that uh, Jordan Addison has had an All American year, fantastic uh, season thus far. You know, still three games left. He's still going to continue to produce. But a guy that really is an unsung hero that's been underrated to me on the season is Jared Wayne. I mean, how I mean, he has come up huge. In moments, and he's being overshadowed by by Addison, which is it's, it's okay. But Jared Wayne, he is becoming a very, very solid, really good wide receiver. He's a nice big target too, and I, I think that's important. Kenny can can see him easily. He's probably bigger than most of the defensive backs who are, who are trying to guard him. Uh, he's, he's stronger now. He's a junior. He, he he's playing. He, he played a lot of football as a freshman. Made some big catches in that bowl game when they beat Eastern Michigan two years ago, and as, as a first-year freshman, um, you know, we talked to Jared Wayne several weeks ago, and he talked about how he would like to pick pick Chase Claypool's uh, brain and then figure out, you know, what makes him a great receiver because they're sort of built the same way. Claypool might be a little thicker than Jared because he's older, um, but they're both tall. They're both good targets, uh, and they both can get downfield. And one thing about Jared Wayne you know, that I think he does better than almost any receiver on the team is those 50, 50 uh, contested catches. You know, the, the, when he goes up and, and gets them, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it was one of the announcers in one of the games this year, one of the TV announcers. So a, that's a grown man catch, you know, he goes out and then he goes, makes the catch when the other guy uh, is just as hungry as you are, you are, but you get a little bit higher in your jump and you extend your fingers a little, little longer and you get a little more strength in those hands to make that catch. And Jared Wayne has done that all year. And I think it's important 
because Jordan Addison is going to get double teamed. He has almost a thousand yards. Addison does. Uh, but uh, Wayne is, 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 uh, is become a big weapon. And, and also Lucas Kroll. The only thing I worry about with Lucas Kroll at tight end is that the drops he's a little bit. He's had a few drops lately. And I, and I think he has to get that out of his system uh, for Pitt to have the complete offense and to win this game. Well, I mean, I was just about to bring that up with Lucas Kroll. It seemed like the first half of the season, you know, he's dominating five touchdowns in the first couple games of the season. And then now it seems like it's turned over to, to Gavin Bartholomew. I mean, you know, a young guy, a freshman, seems to be able to do everything. You see him line up in the backfield, in line, uh, split out a little bit. Um, and and that's, that's a good problem to have if you have two guys on the roster that can handle that. Uh, Gavin Bartholomew, he might, he, might be ha- he might have an impressive pit tight end career. Funny thing about Gavin Bartholomew, he looks like an adult. If you, if you see him, you know, he has, a, he has a beard and he has his face. There's no baby face there. He looks like a, he doesn't look like a freshman. Uh, and, 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 you know, Lucas started out having a great season with five touchdown catches. And everybody was saying he's going to break Thorne Dickerson's record of nine. Uh, ten, still, ten, ten, Jerry, ten. ten. Oh, sorry. But that was nine. <laughs> ten. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, even with ten, he's never going to catch it now, you know, unless he catches one in every game the rest of the season. Uh, maybe you can do that, but, uh, but Lucas had a great year. I don't want to take anything away from Lucas. Yeah. He's, he, he's played well. Uh, everybody has the drops. Jordan Addison has, has had some drops. Um, but uh, you know, they're, they're hurting a little bit at wide receiver, you know, Taser Mack and Jalen Barden. I doubt if they'll play in this game. Uh, you know, I know Mack had a, uh, a sling on, on his shoulder, uh, after the, uh, in the first half of the second half of the, um, Miami game, I think it was when he got hurt and he didn't play against Duke and Barden didn't play against Duke. Uh, maybe, you know, with the, why was he was hurt a little bit? Maybe you turn to your running backs a little bit more. Look at Rodney Hammond, you know, uh, Tim Sagal, the tight ends coach called him a, a little, uh, little Mountain Dew can. He's built like a can <laughs> of Mountain Dew, uh, but he, and he, cause he has a lot of energy and, you know, he's been the leading rusher in at least two games this year. And both of those times, it was most of his carries, if not all of his carries were in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, he's been the kind of guy, they call him the closer. Uh, you know, he, cause he closes out the games and when, when Pitt is trying to protect the lead and Pitt has three really good running backs right now. So I think maybe that you might see a little bit more of the running game Thursday night, uh, just because you, you want to keep that ball out of Sam Howe's hands, you know, you can, can consume the clock a little bit. Pitt leads the nation in the first downs, by the way, total first downs. Uh, so if you can, in, in your third down conversion is very good. I think it's fourth in the ACC. Uh, so they're going to keep the ball away from North Carolina. That's one way to win the game. Bill, what's one thing that Pitt has to do to come out uh, a winner tomorrow night? Well, I I absolutely think it's all about Pitt. I, I think if Pitt can take care of the fact of just not turning the ball over, um, you know, scoring touchdowns once you get into that 25-yard line area. Um, and Jerry brought up a great point of, I mean, the best way for Sam Howell to not score touchdowns is if he's not on the field. If we can, if we can eat up some clock, you know, it, it seems like um, we've been able to score so easily, you know, throughout in, in that first half times. And then all of a sudden that second half in the last couple of games or more so than, you know, two games ago or, or so, or so uh, we've been able to get that running game going. So if we can get up, you know, get, get a lead early on them, but then, get some of that, you know, establishing that, that the line of scrimmage and, you know, get a few drives that are, you know, seven, eight, nine minute drives where 
we, yes, we get four or five first downs, but not necessarily, you know, throwing the ball. We're run, we're mixing in the run game. And then my goodness, like we will see in the fourth quarter, how wide open our guys down the field are, because now they have to somehow adjust for that running game or they're going to be gashed because now they're outnumbered. Jerry, one thing that Pitt has to do tomorrow night in order to win. Well, I think you, you, you want to stop Sam Howe. I, I think the defensive backs have to step up and make plays, get interceptions, get past breakups, uh, stay with the receivers. Don't let, don't let them throw it over your head. That's one thing that Mac Brown said. I listened to Mac Brown's news conference this week. He said, they've been throwing over our heads all year. And, and it's been happening to Pitt a little bit too. If you can, you know, neutralize that passing game, you know, Todd Chandler is very good. Uh, but I think if you neutralize the passing game, uh, you, you, you'll win this game. You know, Pitt will win this game because I don't think the running game is going to be good enough because it's going up against one of the best run defenses in the ACC with, with, in Pitt. So, you know, if you, the defensive backs are, play a better game, they need to play a better game than they played the last couple of weeks, I think Pitt will win. I'm going to go with turnover. I'm going to go with you can't have any turnovers if you're pit you have to be very efficient ball security is going to be very crucial tomorrow night um you can't give north carolina an, an opportunity like you can't just give away any freebies you have to hold on to the ball you have to secure the catches you're, if you're kenny you have to be efficient in the pocket and on the other side you have to create tor- turnovers like you have to create turnovers from Blitzing, you have to create turnovers from good man coverage or, you know, good zone coverage if you're in the back end. This has to be the back end for Pitt. When I say back end, that means the defensive backs. Um, this has to be their best game of the year because they're going against the best quarterback that they're going to see all year, uh, you know, that they're going to see in the conference and one of the best in the country. So you have to be on your P's and Q's. You have to create some turnovers um, and you have to have a special teams turnover too, I believe. I think that the team that has a special teams play is probably going to win the game. I, you know, that, that stat is real. If you do create a turnover and turning it, turn it into a score on special teams, you, your probability of winning the game goes through the roof. So I think that if Pitt does that and controls a special teams game, is discipline, um, I think they get out of there with a win. Ah, man, my score prediction, I'll go first here. I haven't even really thought of it till right now. Um, you said 73 and a half, right, Jer? Yes, that's the over-under. 73 and a half. Yeah. I'm going to go Pitt 45, North Carolina 44. Bill? Dorn, my friend. You already know what I'm thinking, brother. I'm going 45 42. Hail to Pitt. Jared? I'll go 42 38, Pitt. Um, that, that'll, that'll cover the over under if you bet the over and, uh, it also will, will cover North Carolina because they're favored. They're, they're six and a half point underdogs. Uh, so I think 42, 38 uh, is, is going to be the final score. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It'll be a lot, a lot to write about and a lot to talk about the next morning. Hey, yeah, it's, it's, gonna- it's, it's set. I'm sorry, Dora. It's, it's setting up to be one beautifully quarterback friendly evening here in the North Shore of Pittsburgh, about 45, 48 degrees dry. And it's going to be my, like, this is, I mean, I'm licking my lips or, you know, my my fingers right now, like wanting a grip of football and ready to, you know, go spin it. But 
I mean, this is going to be a very quarterback friendly atmosphere as far as weather. So I'm looking forward to this shootout. It's going to be a close game, guy. Quarterback friendly secondaries too. I'm afraid. Yeah, that too. That's why. That's why the yeah. spread is so high. The over under exactly. is so high in this game. Uh, like you said, Jerry, quarterback friendly secondary. So one of them has to sure it up in order to get the win. It's going to be a close game. North Carolina at Pitt tomorrow night, seven thirty, ESPN. For myself, Jerry DePaula, Bill Stahl. That's it for the Believe in Pit Football podcast presented by Bet Online. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.